0: Are you working? What kind of work do you do? What's going on, everybody? It's your host with the most Tyler Haskins back with another episode of Third and Forever with Tyler Haskins. Thank you for joining me on this Monday morning. Uh, we had a lot of great basketball over the weekend, man. A lot of good college basketball matchups for the Final Four for the men's and the women's. Uh, that women's tournament, let me just tell you, man. That's taken over, and it was hands down much better than the men's this year, and I think it's going to be much better (laughs) than the men's moving forward if the men's tournament don't get it together in terms of, you know, things to really grab the the audiences and the fan base's eye. Okay, and I'll talk about that in a sec, but first off, congratulations to national champion LSU women's basketball, uh, Angel Reese, go ahead and ring me, okay? Ring me and you can't see me, okay? Because Caitlyn Clark definitely can't see her now. But and, and all of y'all out there need to stop, okay? Stop with the whole, oh, Angel Reese is classless. Caitlyn's so classy and Angel's, Angel's just classless, okay? Because check this out. Caitlyn did the same thing to Angel, okay, beforehand. She did the whole can't see me gesture to Angel beforehand, okay? Maybe not specifically to Angel, but just to, to LSU, period, okay? So... If it's a problem when they do it, but when, you know, or, I'm sorry, if it's not a problem when they do it, but it's a problem when, when Angel does it, let's, let's really make sure that we, we talking about the same thing here. Okay. But at the end of the day, I don't got no problem with Caitlin, bro. Caitlin, Caitlin balled out, man. I mean, Caitlin did, did everything she possibly could. She ran into some foul trouble, which, you know, put in a tough position down the stretch, but the young lady, I mean, I said it in the last episode. I gave her a small little shout out. I got to take some legitimate time to talk about it today because she is a dog. Okay. She is her, you know, and the way that, you know, she just took over college basketball. I mean, we were looking at this probably a year or two ago. It's like, you know, Paige Beckers out of UConn and Caitlin Clark were kind of like your two-headed monster, like the faces of women's college basketball. Uh, unfortunately, Paige Beckers went down with that uh, that horrible knee injury um, and wasn't able to play this season. And, you know, all the best to Paige and her recovery and everything. And I know she's going to come back, back strong. She's going to be just fine, I'm sure. But Caitlin really took advantage of that opportunity to really go out and say, yo, like, all right, I'm here. You know, here I am. I'm not really in nobody else's shadow or anything like that. Like, I'm, I'm the only one out here doing this, you know? And for what they did on on Friday night, man, to go and take down that South Carolina team, you gotta you gotta count the women's final four matchups. LSU versus Virginia Tech. I want to say LSU was maybe like a two or three point favorite. Like the, the point spread was very very close in that game. You look at the Iowa and South Carolina game and the nightcap. That was a double digit point advantage going into that game for the Gamecocks, you know, and and Auntie Don. Auntie Dawn Staley, man, like phenomenal coach, uh, great WNBA player when she was playing. Um, Everything that she's done with that program, man, like they were they were untouchable and they were undefeated, you know, And, and streaks. Yeah, streaks are they're bound to be broken, but they were definitely the Goliath in this. And at least at least the way people painted it, Okay, the way that we went into the matchup with the point spread and. You know, the way that the record was for South Carolina and the resume that they have and you know Don Staley's resume, like, of course, yeah, they they're giving the Goliath and you know, I was given the, the David, uh David vibes in this. But I really didn't look at it that way because the way Caitlin Clark been balling, man, like she had she had the 41, 41 point triple double in the Elite Eight against Louisville. And I seen that, and I'm like, yo, she's the truth. She's a, I, I've been known that she has, but she's the truth. Bottom line. And then I see her go out and lay down another 41-point performance. And single-handedly, okay? And I mean, like, single-handedly. And I think the only help that she really had in that game was from the forward, uh, Sonona. But other than that, Caitlin took down that team by herself, her and one other girl pretty much. Because you look – I'm not going to get caught up in the box score too much, but Caitlin was doing it all, man. She really was. And to go and take down that South Carolina team the way they did, I already knew that she was the truth before that. That just confirmed it even more. Like she's she's better than some of the WNBA players, like current WNBA players, I'd say. Already. All right. That's that's what I'm gonna go out and say on a limb here. That Caitlin Clark is already. She, she's definitely WNBA ready, but she's already better than a lot of current. And I'm talking star WNBA players, too. OK. She is going to be a lot to handle when she gets to the WNBA, man. And LSU, they, they had a good game plan for it. They, they figured her out a little bit. And, you know, anytime you do that, obviously you make yourself vulnerable to any other team who watches tape and they see, OK, this is how this team was able to limit her, not shut her down, because the girl still dropped 30-plus points, okay? But to at least limit her a little bit and limit the damage that she could do to your team. They, they had a good good game plan for her. She still damaged them in a lot of ways, but, I mean, hey, if you're trying to shut down Caitlin Clark, learn from that, I guess. But congratulations to LSU, man. Uh, that girl, Morris... She balled out, man. I mean, she you, you listen to her story. I'm watching the broadcast and they talk about, you know, how she she transitioned from school to school. And I believe I want to say she started out at I had to pull it up. But I mean, she she went all around when she started out with the uh, current LSU women's basketball coach, Kim Mulkey. Uh, I want to say it was at Baylor, I believe. She started out at Baylor. Then she goes to Rutgers. Then she goes to Texas a Then she comes back to LSU to play for Kim Mulkey. See, it's kind of like the, the, the Thanos thing for all my, my Marvel people out there. Oh, where did that bring you? Right back to me. But it's crazy that she went on this journey. I mean, anytime you go from team to team like that in college, I already consider going to three teams in the pros as being a journeyman. When you do that in college, I think you're really a journeyman to transfer to that many schools. And for her to come all the way back to LSU to the same culture she started with at a different location, I mean, the story kind of writes itself, man. It really does. And for the way that she performed yesterday, she, she really did well. Alexis Morris, shout out to her, man, because she did a heck of a job really bring that thing home I mean I, I can't even speak for the rest of the squad man because the is they have something they really are something and I believe Morris dropped 21 points yesterday and they got the swag man they balling down in the Bayou first ever national championship for the women's team but don't sleep on women's basketball And I don't think anyone's really sleeping on them anymore because they're growing and they're rising, man, a lot better than the men's. That's just the God honest truth at this point, because I tell you, I've been a fan of the men's tournament for years, ever since I was a little kid. In the women's tournament, I probably just really got into watching it over the past few years. But it only took me a few years to get hooked because they definitely have a lot more what the men's programs have and here's the thing about this i wrote an article uh for cbs cbs sports this is a freelance writer not long ago uh in honor of women's history month and my topic i used was you know women's march madness the women's basketball tournament women's college basketball has certain pieces and traditions that the men's game just doesn't have at least anymore when you're watching the women's games, that like, you know who's on those teams. Like you know who the players are going to be year to year. Okay, the whole the one and done thing isn't isn't a thing in, in women's basketball. It really ain't. And that's due to some eligibility rules to make it to the WNBA and all of that. But that's not a thing like it is in the men's. And for men's basketball, yeah, you got your star player who's there as a freshman for one year and then they go to the league, and they're out of here. You know, but that doesn't really do anything for fan bases on the men's side. Because every single year you don't recognize your team. And that's what I love so much about the women's game is I recognize these teams. Like I've been seeing Aaliyah Boston do it for South Carolina for some time now. I've been seeing Caitlin Clark. I've been seeing you know Paige Beckers when she's healthy. You know, like I've been I've been seeing these these young women play consistently year after year with these teams. And even you know, whether they transfer or not like Alexis Morris did, but they're still playing consistently. They're not trying. They're not hurrying up and getting to the league with that. And I think that builds a lot of tradition and allows the fans and the audience to really grasp onto a program. Cause you're like, okay, I know who's playing for this team. Caitlin had a great year this year. Okay. I'm expecting another great one out of here next year. Cause I know she'll be back. Men's ain't like that. <laughs> the men's team look completely different every single year, especially with how big the transfer portal has got on the men's college basketball scene as well. You know, I'm watching the men's Final Four game on Saturday, San Diego State versus FAU. Oh, my God. Oh, I am so happy, so happy the FAU is gone. First off, props to them. Okay, let me give them their respect because they did ball out and make it to the Final Four, and they had a lot of very impressive wins along the way. But I'm still so happy to see them go. Because they, they messed up my bracket week after week, man. From the first round game where they they upset Memphis to, I believe, after that, it was the, uh, well, they they beat uh, FDU. I, I expected that in the second round. But then the Sweet 16 came. They upset Tennessee. I, I had Tennessee going to the Final Four. They screwed me there. Then they go and play uh, Kansas State. Kansas State clapping the little baby and everything in the locker room. Marquise Noel, his, his little 5'8 self. And they take them out at the guard. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's another team that I, I picked. I wanted Kansas State to win. And I lose that one as well. FAU made it to the Final Four, man. And they they were in control, okay? San Diego State jumped out to a bit of a lead right there at the start of the game. FAU came back. They hadn't. They, had, they went on a little bit of a scoring drought. They did not score for maybe X amount of minutes. It wasn't long. And all of a sudden, they just went ham for the entire game until down the stretch in, in the second half when you're getting to probably, like, five minutes. Uh, and maybe a little before that was when San Diego State really started to claw and, you know, fight, scratch their way back into the matchup. But FAU controlled that thing the entire game, man. And we were lucky, okay, because I picked San Diego State for this one. I and everyone else who picked San Diego State were lucky because they should not have won that game, okay? But down the stretch, it had a lot of things fall in their favor, and the buzzer beater, man. I mean, that was that was crazy because I didn't know what they were doing. They, they dribbled down the court. I thought they were going to take a timeout. They had one timeout left. They didn't take it. He's dribbling. He's looking for for an opportunity. He didn't he didn't pass it. Kick it out to no one, and the clocks run down. I'm sitting. I'm watching too. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? At least get a shot up. It's two one. Finally, he put it up. It looked like it might be just slightly off. But that thing fell man and I was like oh. I was so it made my night. It made my night. I didn't even have to watch the UConn Miami game afterwards. That's all I needed to see. I just wanted to see FAU go home, okay? But props to them for having a great season. But the thing about it is we got teams in the women's final four. When you look at Iowa and South Carolina, you know, LSU was kind of one of them them teams who wasn't that good last year and and came up made a lot of changes and kind of shocked the world this year. Uh, but Virginia Tech was good. Like, these are teams that we know and we're familiar with the rosters. We're familiar with the coaches. Like, Kim Mulkey, the LSU now national champion head coach. She looks like a Southern pastor when she's out there on, <laughs> on uh, courtside with all her outfits. But it's, it's I'm, I'm not going to say it's cool because I, I'd never walk out the house looking like that. <laughs> but she can do what she wants. She got the money to do so. But we we attract to that because she's a character. You know what I'm saying? She's a character of the game that we turn, we turn the game on to see. Okay, what is Kim Mulkey wearing wearing today? You know, we turn it on to see coaches like Don Staley, because Don Auntie Don be coming with her fits too. Okay. No, don't forget about Auntie Don. But she be coming with her fits as well, man. You know, then you go and see the men's game, like everyone's got like the quarters it like every head coach has the same outfit. You know, and we also we don't know the rosters. We really don't. We're not familiar with these guys. And that's why I really think like the men's game is, is losing it in that way because you gotta give your fans something to attract to and, and really like dive into and stick with year after year, man. But I mean, overall, we got you know the national championship for the men's game tonight, Yukon, San Diego State thinking UConn takes that one I mean they've looked dominant throughout the tournament this entire uh entire month of March I think they're going to take that because they've won all their games by double digits I believe you know they've been looking strong since the first round I think I think the run stops here for San Diego State I really do but look at the matchup we have though we have a five and a four a five and a four in the national championship that's that's what we're working with these days man You know, and the committee needs to do a better job at seating teams. That's what needs to happen. Okay. Well, I want to segue here because I talked a little bit about this whole journeyman thing with the transfer portal and a little bit of NIL as well, because I want to give a little bit of insight on something that a lot of people aren't aware of. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the transfer portal, but also just the inclusion of NIL with it as well. You know, NIL, the name, image, and likeness deals that came out about two years ago. It was an opportunity for myself and other college athletes to really profit from who we are, right? You know, to be able to go and pick up a benefit from someone. Maybe they want to pay for our food or something. Give us little extra nuggets in a bag or something just because we, we wear these certain colors and play for this team. We can do that now. That's allowed. And the thing about NIL is I've, I've done NIL deals myself. And how it happens is basically, you know, you go and what my method was, and a lot of college athletes are doing this, where they go and they use some type of uh, marketing platform that kind of sets up accounts for us as, as student athletes. And basically, we use this to kind of put out our brand and who we are and we give promotion opportunities. Right. And so we'll list the promotion. Open Doors is, is a good one that a lot of athletes use. I've used a uh, Matchpoint Connection, which is a Baton Rouge, I believe, LSU-based company. And what they do is they allow you opportunities to say, okay, here are my promotions, whether it's uh, you know social media promotion or maybe I want to make a public appearance, uh, do some type of autograph and signing, give private lessons to, to some kids, um, all of that stuff. Here's my type of promotions. I'll do those things, and here's the amounts that I'd like to get paid for it. So if I sign this piece of memorabilia for, for you as a fan, you will give me $3 in return. okay? And, and this is why the prices that you look at, it, you're like, oh, well, these college athletes, they're supposed to be profiting, man. They're, they're big-time college athletes. Why are they only getting $3 for this? Because the, the sad reality is that a lot of these athletes, we're not making a whole lot of bank off this stuff. That's the, that's the bottom line. We're not. Because it's skewed in the way that a lot of the big faces in our respective sports are the ones we're going to get it. You know, for myself as a defensive back, it's tough for me because I look like an everyday dude walking down the street. I mean, I'm, I'm 200 plus pounds, six foot. But, hey, I'm not well known like that. Not like a quarterback would. OK, and it's, it's the same. It's the age old deal, of just like in the NFL, where the quarterbacks are getting paid the most. And let me remind everyone that they are overpaid. But the quarterbacks in college football is the same way. You know, when you're the face of the team. And, you know, you're the guy you're going to be getting those bigger deals. And that's just how it goes. And, and then if you're a playmaker, maybe you're a star receiver or, um, you know, a star uh, star running back. A lot of the times it's tough for other players to really get any type of deal when well, you got to go really put in the work yourself and go market yourself on your own. You know, your time on the TV and your your playing time may not always speak for itself. You could be balling and doing really well, but you just may not get noticed all the time. It's just the reality of it. But, uh, you know, these NIL deals, it's a great opportunity just to be able to make some money as a college athlete. Because at the end of the day, like we are still college athletes uh, and myself. And I haven't shared this on the mic before. I don't think I I have in the past year, but I am I was a a walk on. I walked on here at Northwestern. Um, You know, I earned a scholarship here at Northwestern. But, you know, with with that, it's it's a process where. You're working for something and you don't always have the money in your pocket. You know, that's just the bottom line. And so with NIL, like it was huge because I was like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity, you know, not necessarily just to to make some money, but also just to market yourself. You know, you want to build a brand, you know, for myself. Like I'm I'm building a brand right now of kind of a journalist on the side, but I'm also working towards this front office dream of, you know, getting into the scouting field and everything and and doing stuff in that path as well. But I'm also I went to Northwestern Medill School of Journalism. I know how to do journalism. You know, I can write. I can speak. I can do video, all of that stuff. And so that's kind of my brand right now. And I haven't done NIL deals in in a long time uh, because, again, it takes it takes time. Like the the reality and sad truth of it is sometimes it takes time. You're not going to get the results that you want if you're not, if your name really isn't carrying that weight. You know, like there's probably there's some rankings of like the most marketable college athletes, and the top ones are like Bronny James, okay? LeBron James' the son. Uh, there's Olivia Dunn. She's a gymnast out of uh, LSU. Um, I think, I want to say maybe the. They're not, I don't know if they're in the top 10, but the Cavanaugh twins out of Miami Women's Basketball, okay? They've definitely caught a whole lot of, lot of love lately for their TikTok stuff. So, But that's a lot of what this stuff has become, too, because Olivia Dunn gets a lot of her praise, and a lot of her exposure to social media, man, okay? Because, you know, you look at it, there's definitely, like, on the LSU gymnastics team, there's probably, like, more more women on that team that are better than Libby Dunn. But she's the most marketable female athlete in college sports because she knows how to run social media. She knows how to market herself and promote herself. She does it very well. And, you know, with with Bronny, like it's kind of self-explanatory as far as the king. I mean, that's what else do you have to do? Of course, everyone's going to attract to him. You know, but that's just how it is. Like some of these athletes, they just get it more than others. And that's the truth about NIL. But With the transfer portal, too, and this whole journeyman thing that I referred to earlier. You know, when you go from team to team to team. I'm just gonna say, like, maybe, maybe the problem's you. Like, I don't know if you thought about it before, or maybe just looked yourself in the mirror. Maybe you're the problem. I mean, it worked out for Alexis Morris. was no, you, she she got a ring now. Good for her. You know, I'm not saying for all transfers, I'm gonna transfer myself now. You know, I spent my time in the portal, I got out of the portal, and I'm transferring myself. But I'm talking about the people who like transfer. More than once, OK, to end up going to three, three teams or more. I remember the example with with Tate Martell. Tate Martell was one of the top rated quarterbacks, uh, high school prospects coming out of Las Vegas. And I want to say 20, 2017. Tate Martell committed to Ohio State. And when he got to Ohio State, he was in a quarterback room with, I believe, JT Bears old ass was still there. <laughs> I, I want to say he was still there, maybe. Um, but Dwayne Haskins was there, rest in peace. And I want to say, I don't I don't think Cardale Jones was still there. Uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty was there as well, I believe, because he was in college for a long time. But he went into a very full quarterback room with a lot of talent. And this guy did not get the opportunity he wanted. And then, you know, after Dwayne was the guy for some years, he realized he wasn't going to be going into that starting position. You know, he he left. He left. And I think the other part of that was after Dwayne did his time in, at Ohio State, who comes to Ohio State afterwards? Justin Fields. He transfers from Georgia. And Tate's like, all right, I'm not going to have this opportunity that I want. So I got to go somewhere else. So Tate decided to go and transfer to Miami. Well, Miami, he gets there and he doesn't win the starting quarterback job. And so they try to move him to receiver. And that doesn't work out. So he's like, you know what? I'm leaving again. I'm going back home to Vegas. I'm going to go to UNLV. I believe that Tate Martell wasn't even the starter on that team. And if he was, that team was like, owing oh, something last year. And that's what I'm saying. man. sometimes you got to like, you got to just give it up. You really do. You got to give it up or you just got to stick with something and really like ride it out and get down to business and just work and grind. Okay. If you're not getting what you want. Figure out why. That's the thing, man. Some of this stuff is just straight up problem solving. You know, find a solution to something. If you're not happy with where you're at, find a solution. You know, and, and someone like Alexis Morris for LSU, like she found a way to make it work for her. You know, and everyone's journey is different. It really is. But sometimes you really gotta look yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, maybe I'm the problem. You know, I mean. Myself, just being a grad transfer is is a unique opportunity because I finish, I'm getting ready to finish up my four years here at Northwestern. So I'm able to go and kind of be free to do do what I want for my last year or two of eligibility. And I'm able to say, hey, what type of degree do I want to get? Because I I prioritize academics and everything. Oh, you didn't know that? It's the reason I came to Northwestern. Duh. I prioritize academics and I say, okay, well, I want to go get a degree somewhere. I'd like to have it paid for Let me see if I can make my my sport work for that. And I find an amazing school in in Bryant University that works out for me from a football standpoint, from an academic standpoint, you know, and I'm really excited to, to head out there and get to work. But for everybody else who's kind of trying to grind through this thing and just looking for a chance because a lot of times it comes with people who are just trying to make it to the league, you know, especially in football guys, just, they're not happy with the coaches. They're not happy with the playing time. I'm not against the portal. Okay. Clearly I'm not because I used to probably not be the biggest fan of it. And obviously now I've, I've been through it. I've been in it and it's worked out for me in my favor, but I would just, I just tell guys from going through it myself, make sure you get that damn degree, man. Make sure you get your get your paper. You gotta get that degree, man. That's why I would never, never, ever thought about leaving Northwestern before I got my degree, man. You know, and I've, I've had teammates here at Northwestern that have transferred out before that. And they've had to do what's best for them. You know, but for myself, I I prioritize that degree a lot, man. And for a lot of these guys who are just trying to make it to the league, like I would tell you, things happen. OK, injuries happen. It's part of the game. Playing time, lack of playing time. It happens. OK, coaching changes. They happen. It's it's all over this business. You know, but you've got to realize and say, what's best for me in this? And you know, for anybody out there who's transferring, or you know, maybe stuck in the portal right now, who's thinking about transferring when the next college football window comes up or, um, you know, in, in any other college sports who's thinking about transferring? or who's already in the portal, really, really prioritize you, man, because you got to go and figure out what works for you in terms of what degree is going to be best for me, what location is going to be best for me, where I'm going to live and reside for the next year or so. You know, How's the social scene there? Am I going to like being a college student there? Because at the end of the day, you are still a college kid. Okay? How is this place going to make me a better person, okay? You know, I, I have a good friend, Lori Malloy, former uh, New England Patriot NFL legend, and he advised me in this process. He says, dog, go where is going to make you a better man. You know, and I felt like Bryant was the best place for me to do that because everything it entailed of the options I could do with my degree and my network, you know, what what life could be like after Bryant based on the work I put in there you know, continuing to play the game at a high level and to do it with the right people, the right teammates, the right coaches, just the right program overall. You know, you've got to go somewhere that makes you a better man or a better woman. And this whole transfer process, understand why, why you're doing it first before you go into it. And in terms of making the decision, man, Go and make sure that you're making the best decision for yourself. Okay? The grass ain't always greener. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do and make sure you're doing what's best for you. But that is another episode of Third and Forever with your host, with the most, Tyler Haskins. Uh, I want to go ahead and drop some socials here. You can follow me at T underscore Hask21. That's T underscore Hask, H A S K 21. Uh, I'm also on TikTok at Third and Forever T Haskins. That's at Third and Forever T Haskins. We post a whole lot of content on there, uh, just video content from episodes regarding our guests um, and episodes, you know, our audio only type of episodes that we do sometimes with content and stories there as well. Um, you know, you can find a whole bunch of that stuff on Twitter as well. On my personal Twitter, at t underscore has twenty one. Once again, uh, you can find us on YouTube as well at Third and Forever with Tyler Haskins. We got a whole bunch of video content out there as well. Uh, listen to us here on Spotify, Third and Forever with Tyler Haskins, also on Apple Podcasts as well. We're everywhere, man. Okay, it's marketability at its finest. Okay, we're everywhere. You can find us everywhere. Uh, rate and review the show, man. Uh, Ask some of the questions and and answer some of the questions that are there linked to the episode. Tell me how you feel about the episode. Is there anything that you want me to talk about? You know, things that you're tired of me talking about. Let me know if you just want me to shut up. Okay, just stop talking, period. Okay. but rate and review the show. Uh, Let me know how you how you guys like it. And uh, we'll talk in a few days on our next episode later this week. Y'all take it easy. This has been Third and Forever starring Tyler Haskins.